0: And our chapter for today is one of the greatest chapters in all of the New Testament, Luke chapter 24. It's the final chapter in this great gospel. We've only covered, as you know, just skim the surface of the great gospel of Luke. But today I want to go through this last chapter as much as we possibly can before I put you to sleep. Now, this is very important. As we go through this gospel, I hope that you've taken time to do some reading on your own apart from this 365 Bible reading plan. Simply because this gospel is so filled with teaching the great humanity of Jesus, that indeed he was 100% man. Yes, he was 100% God, but he was the perfect man. He was absolutely without guile, without sin, and uh, Luke chapter 24 shows us in living color just exactly how it all ended. That is His life on this earth and how He did exactly what the Father sent Him to do. Now on the first day of the week, that's on a Sunday, Shabbat is the last day of the week, the seventh day, and then we get to start all over again. Isn't God good to us? Every day He gives us a brand new start. Every week He gives us a brand new start. Every month you have the head of the month And then, besides Rosh Kedosh, which is the head of the month, you have Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year. So God gives us new beginnings all the time. As a matter of fact, for some of you, this has been a new beginning for you, reading the Word of God on a regular basis. If you've missed some, hey, put that behind you and start from where you are, because this day is the beginning of the rest of the year for you and could be the beginning of the rest of your life. Now on the first day of the week, that's on Sunday early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. Now, another gospel says it was a hundred pounds of all of these spices that would be put together with linen cloths and they would make somewhat of a wrapping that would almost look like a cast. This is why Lazarus, who had the same kind of treatment, came out bound hand and foot and had to have help undoing this. you recall when the disciples came. Early, another gospel records that they saw his grave clothes and then the napkin put off by itself. That's for another day. And so it says, But they found the stone rolled away, then went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. They were divine messengers, angelos, angels. Then, as they were afraid, they bowed their faces to the earth and said unto them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here speaking of Jesus. he's risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in the Galilee saying the son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Now you see Jesus had told them over and over again and you get this in all the gospels that Jesus said to his disciples and many times these women were traveling with them. He said remember while I was in the Galilee I spoke to you and he's talking to women. And then these women remembered his words. In other words, he didn't just talk to the disciples, the 12. There were many followers of Jesus. These women, they remembered what Jesus had said far more than the men did. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the 11 and to all the rest. It was Mary of Migdal, Mary of Magdala, Mary Magdalene, as she was called, Joanna, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Look at verse 11. And their words, that is, these women's words, seem to them like idle tales. The word is leros, L-E, long E as in they, L-E-R-O-S. This is the only occurrence of this in the entire New Testament. That's right. This word was used by Luke. He had a vocabulary like no other man in the New Testament. Remember, he was not from Jerusalem. He was a Gentile from the ancient city of Troy called Troas in the New Testament and Luke had a very articulate vocabulary and he was able to shed light on this. And the word idle tells means folly. It means like a joke. They just couldn't believe, according to the other gospels, that these women could be telling truth. And as you know, the story, uh, the gospel of John records that they went and to see for themselves because they came back and said, really, what the women said are true. And, uh, you know, we had a term back in the seventies. I always hated it, but it's appropriate here. Duh. I mean, come on, give me a break, men. Do you have to come up with everything? No, you don't. And so Peter arose and ran to the tomb, stooping down. He saw the linen clothes lying by themselves, and he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. And that tells the story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, Emmaus as we call it, just west of Jerusalem, going through the Shfila, the foothills, down to the Agilon Valley and then to the coast. Emmaus was just a few miles outside of Jerusalem. never behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. It's, it's a, for many of you who have been to the Holy Land and you've been with me or you've been with some other uh, touring group, you know that seven miles out is about the area today of where Kiryat Yarim, there's an Arab village there called uh, Abu Ghosh and uh, many times we'll eat at a beautiful restaurant there, but on top of the hill is Mevesert Sion. It's a build-up area. Well, th- all of that, as you go on the other side of the hill down toward Beth Shemesh and so forth to the coast, all of that is this area where a would have been, and so you get that general direction of the way that they were going. They were on their way to the airport. <laughs> no, they weren't. They were on their way out to the village where they lived, and uh, they they talked together of all these things which had happened and so it was that while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus drew near and went with them but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him and he said unto them what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and you're sad these people were sad and then one of them whose name was cleopas answered and said unto him are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And you have not known these things which happened in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. That is, the Romans crucified him. We were hoping, we were just hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. We was hoping, we were hoping that he was the Messiah. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company, we just named them, who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. I mean, this shocked us. When they did not find his body and they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, who said he was alive, that Jesus the Messiah was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb. We just read about that with Peter. We know from the other gospels that John was with him. And they found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Messiah to have suffered these things to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses, that is the Torah, the book of instruction, the books of instructions, five of them, and all the Nevi'im, that is the prophets, he expounded to them, he explained to them, he exegeted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, he's the Messiah. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him. They compelled him, saying, Abide with us, stay here with us, for it's toward evening and the day is far spent. So he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread and blessed it and broke it. Now this is the same phrase that was used for what he did at Passover. And look what happened. And he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. How did they recognize him? When did they recognize him? When, look, what he says, when he blessed the bread, he took the bread. That means he broke it. He blessed it as they had seen him do over and over again. And by the cadence of his prayer, what he said, how he prayed, how he broke the bread, how he gave it to them, how he blessed it. It was so familiar to them that they said, this is the Lord. They recognized him. It wasn't because of his physical features. It wasn't because of that. That was hidden from them. But the way that he spoke, they knew that indeed it was him. The way that he broke the bread, they knew it was him. And he opened up the scriptures to them. Then they said to one another, did not our heart burn with us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? This is what God does. This is what Jesus does. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He opens up our hearts to the scriptures this is what changes our lives is the power of god's truth to change us this is what happened this is a tremendous passage you've got to get this this is what makes our heart burn for god himself is when the scriptures are open Not jumping in the aisles, not speaking in tongues, not some ethereal, otherworldly experience. It is knowing the truth of God because it's the truth that sets us free. And they recognized who Jesus was, and he opened up the scriptures. They had holy heartburn, and the Bible says they immediately, that hour, returned to Jerusalem, found the eleven, those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen. Really? The word indeed means really. The Lord is risen, for real, and has appeared to Simon see, that was the name of Peter. His name was Simon Bar-Jonah, Bar-Jon. Simon Johnson was his name. That's the way we would say it. And uh, Jesus gave him the word Petros or Cephas in Aramaic. It's Petros in Greek, which means a stone the rock, and they told about the things that had happened to them on the road, and how he was made known to them in the breaking of bread. See, I just didn't make that up. It was in his breaking of the bread that they recognized this is the way the Lord breaks the bread. Now, whether you realize it or not, you and I have habits that distinguish us from other people, and the way we talk, the way we get into something, the way we get out of something, the way that we eat, the way that we break bread, the way that we start our prayers, the way that we end our prayers, all of this, they had observed Jesus at close range. I'm telling you, it affects you. People have often said you have some of the same mannerisms as Chriswell. Well, thank you for giving me that compliment, but I didn't try to mimic Chriswell. The fact is I watched him, studied him to the point to where uh, some of his mannerisms became some of my mannerisms without even trying. Why? Because I admired him. I loved him. I watched him. And I watched him so much and observed him so much that I began to phrase some things like he did. Now, that was not me trying to be like him or mock him. It was just the fact that he rubbed off on me, just like any mentor will rub off on someone else. And you'll start watching them. They have the same motions. They'll have the some of the similar phrases and words and the way they couch things and say things. This is the way God meant for it to be. Not that you're trying to be like someone else. It just rubs off on you. Why? Because relationships matter. And this is the way that God trains one generation to the other. It happens with our children. It happens with our mentees. It happens with our mentors. And this is exactly what happened here. Verse 36, now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them. Now, if there was ever a validation of what someone was saying, I mean, Jesus showed up. He said, peace be to you. And they were terrified. They were frightened. And supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do these doubts arise in your heart? See, I'm telling you, he, he knew their heart. He saw right inside their mind. And why do these doubts arise in your heart? Behold, my hands and my feet. Look at my feet. Look at my hands that it is i myself he used a, a double personal pronoun here handle me that's a third time now and see for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that i have i mean he put the emphasis on i, I, I because he wanted them to know that he was the same jesus that had been crucified and now was alive from the dead and that he had a real body He was not Casper, the friendly ghost, neither will we be. You see, he is indeed alive, and he has a glorified body. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said unto them, Have you any food here? You see, a spirit can't eat. And so he wanted them to see that indeed he could eat because he was a real person. Yes, a new body, yes, but he was a real person. So they gave him a piece a broil fish, and some honeycomb, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Now, oftentimes people say, yeah, that was just their testimony. Well, I'll tell you, not many people are willing to die for a known lie. Now, they may be deceived and think it's uh, something and die for it, but I don't know many people that are willing to give their families up, to see their wives killed, to see their children killed, to see themselves put on a cross, knowing that something's a lie. No, they knew it was the truth. That's why they were willing to lay down their lives for Jesus and be martyrs and be witnesses unto death is because they knew that Jesus was alive, that indeed, just as he lived, one day they would live. If they put them to death, just like he rose from the dead, they would. And then Jesus said unto them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written, and he gave the threefold division of the Tanakh, of the law, the prophets and the writings, the Torah, that's the T, the Nevi'im, that's the prophets, and the Ketuvim, which is the writings, the Psalms was the first book of that. And so Jesus started with Moses, the five books of instructions, and went all the way through Second Chronicles, or the book of Chronicles, which is the last book in the Hebrew Bible in the writings. He went all the way through, and he opened up their minds, the words nous, their understanding their innermost being, and he showed them that indeed he is who he said he was. And he said unto them, Thus it's written, and thus it is necessary for the Christ to suffer, for the Messiah to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance, repentance, a change of mind which leads to a change of direction, and forgiveness of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are martyreo, you are my witnesses. Uh, martyreo means eyewitness. You're my martyrs of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my father before you, but tearing the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. In other words, you can't do this on your own. God's work's done God's way through God's power, and that's his spirit. That's God in us. Not Emmanuel, God with us, but God in us. And he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. This is the ascension. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Book over. Oh, my. What a book. Oh, my. What a Savior. May God grant that we have a burning heart as we read and understand the Word of God, and that the Holy Spirit of God would open up our eyes and understanding, illuminate our minds. The same God who inspired this book is the only one that can make it live in our hearts. He inspired that, yes. He is the God of inspiration, but He's also the God of illumination. Unless God helps us to understand this, comparing Scripture with Scripture, following the rules of discovery and the guidelines for reading the Word of God, then we will never know. And by the way, how can we know without a teacher? The Holy Spirit is our teacher, yes, but He uses human teachers as well. And my prayer is that God will teach you and you will let Him teach you through His Holy Spirit, using Scripture upon Scripture, and send your way godly teachers to help you to understand all of who He is and what He has done for us. And when all is said and done and we meet Him, we will see the half, the fourth, the eighth, the sixteenth, the 32nd, only a portion, a drop in the ocean, has been told about really who He is. Praise the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.